This is a Departed Podcast Quick Hit, Episode 10, Conspiracy Theories. Welcome to the first Departed Podcast Quick Hit episode. This will be a shorter episode dealing with a single subject. It should be about half as long technically as a normal episode, but I want to be able to do some of these sometime, especially on weeks where uh, life gets a little busy. I wanted to start this episode by walking you through a thought experiment. First thing, I want you to think of something secret about yourself, and preferably something that's interesting or maybe even scandalous. Give that some thought. What what would be your secret? And now, I want you to think of um, five to ten people that you would tell that secret to and swear them to secrecy. And then I want you to think about how long it would take before more than five to ten people knew about your secret. And maybe you have five to 10 really trustworthy friends, so there's no way that they would ever speak a word of this secret to others. Now tell 100 people, and then tell me how long it would take for this secret of yours to get out. Do you still feel confident? (laughs) I wouldn't. Um, I want to talk about conspiracy theories. And uh, normally they've just been interesting to me, kind of, but they're really prevalent right now in our current political moment. And uh, so I think it's important to, to at least, you know, understand a little bit about conspiracy theories, where they come from, but especially why we like them. Uh, so I thought I'd start with one of the more common conspiracy theories you may have heard. It's about the moon landing. Uh, a small but significant minority of Americans believe that the moon landing was faked. I don't know if you've ever seen, there's a, there's a YouTube video, one of my favorite, where Buzz Aldrin, who was the second man to step on the moon, actually punches a reporter, um, <laughs> or a quote-unquote reporter who's following him around, trying to get him to admit that, that he didn't really step on the moon. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny, because the guy's probably half his age, but Buzz Aldrin is old man strong, and I think that, <laughs> as someone who's increasingly more and more an older man, I think that's pretty cool. But there's a number of people, you know, a fairly significant minority of people who do believe that the moon landing was faked. There's an article that came out July 10th, 2019 by Richard Godwin. It appeared in The Guardian. And he says this, quote, despite the extraordinary volume of evidence, including 382 kilograms of moon rock collected across six missions, corroboration from Russia, Japan and China, and images from the NASA Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter showing the tracks made by the astronauts in the moon dust, belief in the moon hoax conspiracy has blossomed since 1969, end quote. Polls that have been taken in recent decades say 6 to 10% of poll respondents don't believe we landed on the moon, which may not sound like a lot until you realize that there's about 330 million people in this country. So that's somewhere between uh, 20 to 33 million people <laughs> don't believe that we landed on the moon. I've talked to people who don't believe we landed on the moon. And by the way, this this hits kind of close to home to me because I've read, a, I'm kind of a NASA geek. I've read a ton about the moon landings and the, the, the you know, Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo programs. I'm fascinated by it. These, are, these missions were some of the most documented events in human history, but there's people who believe it was all made up. It was all done on a soundstage uh, and there was wires and uh, that made the astronauts, you know, look like they were more buoyant in one-sixth gravity than they really were. And, you know, it's interesting. It, it can be debunked, like today. 
if you have a laser and you know what you're doing, you can actually point that laser at the moon. There's the Apollo reflector experiment, which was left by the Apollo 11 astronauts, and you can bounce a laser off the moon. It'll come back to you. They use this actually to, to tell how far away the moon is. Uh, Elizabeth Howell uh, in Space.com on July 11, 2019, wrote that the moon's distance can be calculated, quote, down to a precision of less than one inch, end quote. That's not bad, considering how far away the moon is. And regarding the whole soundstage thing, people have looked to the footage of the astronauts on the moon, and you can point out to them that as they step on the moon dust, the, the, the dust travels in a parabola, uh, through the vacuum of space. It, it doesn't do what it would do on Earth in atmosphere, meaning it doesn't uh, form a cloud around their feet. And then they'll say, well, that's because it was filmed, the soundstage was filmed in a vacuum chamber. And they don't realize that it's harder to build a vacuum chamber on Earth big enough to house that soundstage than it would be to actually land on the moon. But there's an even bigger reason besides the moon rocks and the, the pictures of the astronauts' footprints, which are still preserved on the moon because there's no erosion, and the, uh, the laser, the, the mirror that you can bounce a laser off of. I'm quoting from Popular Mechanics, an article by Sophie Weiner from October 2017. She says, quote, There's the issue that dooms a lot of grand conspiracy theories. Even if NASA had secretly invented computer graphics and kept it from the public, the organization would have had to keep 400,000 employees from spilling the beans, and it would have needed to coordinate the story with dozens of world leaders, including our enemy at the time, Russia, end quote. And that's the problem with conspiracy theories. The, the rule of thumb, a conspiracy theory's probability of being true is inversely proportional to the number of people who would have to keep it secret. The problem with the moon landing being fake conspiracy theory is the same problem that the 911 was an inside job people have. There's no way that the number of people needed to make these things appear to be true when they were really false would be able to keep a secret. Is keep a secret of that magnitude. There's no way that thousands of people would be able to do that. And yet we still cling to um, conspiracy theories. And, you know, you got to wonder why. We have um, some big conspiracy theories that are, are prevalent right now uh, in our current political moment. Um, one that you hear all the time, uh, generally from the Trump uh, apologist side of the aisle, is the conspiracy theory about the deep state. And that theory says that there are um, there's an, a shadow organization of government employees who uh, who are trying to take down Donald Trump. They're trying to stage a coup d'etat on the president. Donald Trump himself talks about this conspiracy all the time. This conspiracy has a lot of purchase in the world of what's called the alt-right. And what's interesting is uh, Steve Bannon himself, and if you don't know who that is, uh, he um, was the guy who took over Breitbart after Andrew Breitbart passed away. And um, he, he then got a job in the White House as President Trump's chief strategist. He was then uh, fired, I guess. And at that point, I quit paying attention to Steve Bannon. <laughs> it's funny, people were talking about the power of this man. I was like, well, he, he runs a website. I'm not really that concerned about him. But he still does have a lot of heft. And, uh, Trump is, and he and Trump have kind of reconciled. But interestingly enough, Steve Bannon 
doesn't believe in the deep state conspiracy theory. Uh, I'm quoting from an article in the Washington Times from October 5th of 2019 by Andrew Blake, and he says this, quote, The deep state conspiracy theory is for nutcases, Mr. Bannon is quoted as saying in a new book released next week. Deep State, Trump, the FBI, and the Rule of Law by James B. Stewart, The Guardian reported Friday. Proponents of the deep state theory purport in part that holdovers from previous administrations are secretly manipulating the government from within. Mr. Trump himself has repeatedly referenced the theory, and senior White House advisor Stephen Miller recently said that a deep state operative is behind the whistleblower complaint that triggered Democrats to launch an impeachment inquiry into the president last week. Mr. Bannon, the president's former chief strategist, reasoned in the book that a deep state does not exist within the U.S. government because, quote, America isn't Turkey or Egypt, end quote, the Guardian reported. Referring to existing government bureaucracy, Mr. Bannon said that there's nothing deep about it. It's right in your face, end quote. So uh, Steve Bannon doesn't believe in the deep state conspiracy theory, at least not the way stated. He he does believe the government's against Trump, but he believes it's right up front. The deep state conspiracy theory, if you believe in it, it answers a lot of questions. It, it tells you why everyone's against Trump, and it tells you why he's got an impeachment query on him, and it tells you why the Mueller investigation went on so long, and it tells you all sorts of things. I would posit to you, though, that it tells you things that are false. I believe in Occam's razor, which says that for a given set of explanations for an event occurring, the simplest one is most likely the correct one. And uh, I think the simplest explanation for most of Trump's problems is Donald Trump himself. This brings me to the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, And this began on 4chan, which is a site on the internet, one of the darker uh, places on the internet. Uh, with this character named Q, and this began, I think, in October 2017. Q claims to be a government insider, and the the basic theory is that Donald Trump is really a good guy, and he was elected to expose a worldwide pedophile ring run by elites like Hillary Clinton. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, in this theory, Trump was never really... Uh, He didn't collude with Russia. He was never really involved in that. But that was kind of a setup that Trump himself masterminded. Uh, And he worked with with Mueller on this, with Robert Mueller on this, actually. And the whole purpose behind the Mueller investigation was really to work with Trump to unmask this international worldwide pedophile ring. And the people that were going to end up in jail were were really people like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and others, these money-hungry globalists who were into satanic pedophilia. And I'm not making any of that up. That's actually what the theory states. It's interesting that the QAnon theory, uh, it's, it's driven by this Q character who leaves Q drops or breadcrumbs out there and his followers uh, eat him up and they try to understand what they mean and they try to pick out code words from Trump's speeches and things he said at, at rallies and things like that. And they're, they're waiting for the big day. It's called the storm when, uh, when all the sealed indictments are opened and all these people get taken down. Uh, there's been a number of deadlines or soft deadlines placed by Q as to when these things would would happen and and they they pass and then new deadlines take their place. 
and we still have not gotten the arrests of the corrupt worldwide satanic pedophile ring. But to Q people, it's coming. And uh, I, I know some Q people. It's been interesting that people, people who will, will uh, believe in that. You can find them on Twitter, for example, a lot of times the hashtag of WWG1, WGA, where we go one, we go all. That's one of their mottos. And so that's QAnon, and it's a scary one. So it gets me asking the question, why, why, why do we believe in conspiracy theories? I want to quote from a James Tilley article from February 2019 that appeared in BBC. In this article, Professor Tilley, who is a professor of politics at the University of Oxford, uh, quotes quite a bit from uh, Professor Bartles, who's a Vanderbilt University political scientist. So this is what he says, quote, It may not be terribly cheering to learn that conspiracy theories are so embedded in political thinking, but it should not be surprising. It's often the case that we're constructing our beliefs in ways that support what we want to be true, Professor Bartle says, and having more information is little help. The people who are most subject to these biases are the people who are paying the most attention, he says. For many, there is little reason to get political facts right, since your individual vote won't affect government policy. There is no cost for me to be wrong about my political views, Professor Bartle says. If it makes me feel good then the psychological payoff from holding those views is likely to be much greater than any penalty that I might suffer if the views are wrong. In the end, we want to feel comfortable, not be right. It is why particular conspiracy theories come and go, but also why conspiracy will always be part of the stories we tell about political events. End quote. I think he's on to something. It's easier to believe conspiracy theories often than to believe that perhaps you back the wrong horse, or that the person you support is really just a vile, dishonest manipulator. It's easier to believe conspiracy theories than it is to believe that the party that you've supported all these years may not be the good guys in all cases. We want to make sense of things, and sometimes things don't make sense. And so we have to hold on to conspiracy theories. But again, remember the rule of thumb. A conspiracy theory's probability of being true is inversely proportional to the number of people who would have to keep the secrets behind that theory. Don't get sucked into QAnon. Don't get sucked into the deep state theory. Don't get sucked into the fake moon landing theory. Use Occam's razor. What's the most reasonable explanation? Let's work within the real world. Otherwise, we just become part of the falsehood that's being spread and we're not called to spread falsehoods, are we? Well, that's the end of this quick hit on conspiracy theories. I'm sure I'll be talking about them some more in later episodes. But in the meantime, let's no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, let's grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. God bless.